I can't tell you how many projects I've seen spend literally weeks just setting up the infrastructure to be able to build an application before they actually started writing a line of code in the application itself. So Ember CLI, like Ember, says, you know what, let's just stop this madness. Everyone has the same set of problems. Everyone more or less needs to do these same set of things. Let's build a tool that does all of them well. Episode 98, April 2015. In this episode, Tom Deo, member of the Ember.js core team, gives you a newbie-friendly explanation of Ember data, Ember CLI, and talks about JavaScript promises. This episode is sponsored by the Treplin Design Company and Fievenauts. What is Ember data and how does it work? So Ember data is a library for working with records from the server. So you can think of it as similar to active record, but instead of the source being a database, the source is some server somewhere. But it's actually flexible enough that it can work with WebSockets. It can work with the storage in the browser, APIs like IndexedDB. It's just a library for saying, these are my models, this is the schema, and here's how you talk to my server. And essentially what it does is it allows you to separate the model concerns from how those models are actually loaded in over the wire. So when you're writing your application, you shouldn't have to think, okay, I have this person model, so let me go do a jQuery Ajax call to this endpoint and then wait for it to load. And then once I do that, I'll go hit the second endpoint and then I'll combine these two things together. That's not a good way to think about building your application. That's kind of an implementation detail. So what Ember Data lets you do is say, find me the person with the ID of one. And in your app, that's all you do. You say, find me the person with the ID of one, and then you wait, and then you get back at the person with the ID of one. And, and in your app code, in your UI code, that's all you're thinking about. And then we have an object called an adapter. And the adapter is responsible for translating uh, what we call application-level semantics to the actual over-the-wire protocol. So the adapter, it says, the, uh, the Ember data store goes to the adapter. It says, hey, the application has asked for a person with the ID of one. And that adapter is where the knowledge of like, okay, let me do an Ajax call to this server and then do another Ajax call to this server. That's where that knowledge lives. And this is nice because one, it keeps your application code very clean. I think that's the most important thing. It gives you a single source. Uh, you know, If I'm a developer dropping it on your project, I can go look at your models directory and I can see all of the models and all the properties that they have on them and their relationships together. I don't have to go read a bunch of code about how you happen to be making XHR requests. But the other benefit is that it makes it less painful to switch to a different backend. So you know you can switch from Rails to Django to Firebase, and there are adapters that exist uh, for all, all of the things that I just mentioned. There's a, an ecosystem of adapters. So instead of you having to write any adapter code at all, you can just use an off-the-shelf one so long as your JSON is a conventional structure. And speaking of conventional structures, uh, we just announced that there's a specification called JSON API. We just released the 1.0 version of this. And we've been working to integrate it into Rails and to have an out-of-the-box JSON API experience. And so so the idea is, no matter what your backend, what your backend is, there will be some plugin that you can get that will emit JSON API compatible output. 
and then you'll just have a single adapter that works with any backend. We want Ember Data to work with whatever backend you have. There's some frameworks like Meteor, for example. Like Meteor says, if you want to write a Meteor app, you also have to use the Meteor backend. But because Ember doesn't have a backend component, it's really important to us that we make it easy to interoperate with whatever backend you have, whether it's a brand new one that you're writing for this app or whether it's a legacy one you've had for a long time. What can you tell us about JavaScript promises in Ember? So a promise is just an object that represents a value that you don't have right now, but you will have in the future. So the Ember router, one of the things that it does for you is it goes up, it goes and it gathers up all of the model data that you need to feed into your templates. And unlike, for example, a Rails app or a PHP app, where you have all of your data available immediately via a database, because you know the computer, the server, and the database are sitting right next to each other, in the browser, you have to fetch that data, and it takes you know sometimes a few seconds for that data to come in. So Ember's router has a way for you to say, these are all of the models that my templates need to render correctly. And there's a specification called JavaScript Promises that defines a common way that all sorts of different libraries written by all sorts of different people can interoperate when they're loading this, uh, what we call asynchronous data. So Ember's router, when it's loading these models, as long as you return a promise, and again, at this point, basically every data loading library in JavaScript has promises. As long as the library that you're using returns promises, it will just work with Ember's router and Ember itself. Okay, everybody, my name is Aaron James Draplin. Just got done telling you about my whole life, uh, the good, the bad, the gross, the ugly, the weird, the sinister, the awesome. And now you need to go to draplin.com and buy some killer merch, draplin.com backslash merch, and things that you need, right? Okay, you need to go there and look at this stuff. And then when you're done with that, you need to go to fieldnotesbrand.com and get some memo books. We'll ship them anywhere. If you're listening to this in Vienna, Austria, or Vienna... Illinois, hell, wherever that is, we will we'll ship them there too. Okay, fieldnotesbrand.com. You need these things. $9.95 for a three-pack. Would you pay for coffee today, right? Right, right? You need this stuff. So draplin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com. And uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the only two links you need in your life. There you go. What is Ember CLI and why is it such a big step forward for the community? Ember CLI is about bringing convention over configuration to build tools. So for a long time, the JavaScript community at large didn't really feel like build tools were something that you could that you had to take really seriously. So people would write scripts that would, you know, you would do a deploy of your JavaScript application to production and you would, you know, minify it. Uh, which is just like to shrink the code so it loads faster. And so that was the only thing that they needed to do. So, you know, what was the point in using a complicated tool when you could just run the script and then deploy it? And then things like CoffeeScript became popular. So it was like, well, now we need to run CoffeeScript every time a file changes and then do the minify. Okay, so now you have two things, but still not too complicated. But as 
the ecosystem has grown and these applications have become bigger and bigger and bigger. And now you have things like CSS preprocessors. You want to be able to use features from the next version of JavaScript, which requires what we call a transpiler. So now you have transpilation. Now you need to concatenate all these things. Now you need to minify your CSS as well as your JavaScript. Now you want to have a predictable way of doing these builds and deploying them. You want to be able to use add-ons from NPM. Now all of a sudden there's all this stuff that everyone wants to do and it was so complicated. I can't tell you how many projects I've seen spend literally weeks just setting up the infrastructure to be able to build an application before they actually started writing a line of code in the application itself. So Ember CLI, like Ember, says, you know what, let's just stop this madness. Everyone has the same set of problems. Everyone more or less needs to do these same set of things. Let's build a tool that does all of them well. So you don't have to cobble together a solution. You just take it off the shelf and everything that you could possibly need is there or it's sufficiently flexible and easy to extend that you could add your own and not have to re-implement the, the, all the other stuff that you need. So now, instead of taking weeks, Ember CLI, you know, in 30 seconds, you can have an app up and running. And it has the latest version of Ember. It has the latest version of Ember Data. It has all of these other dependencies. It has a testing framework. It has uh, CSS preprocessors. It does minification. It gives you all of these great new features coming in, in ES6, the next version of JavaScript. You get all that in 30 seconds. That is huge, right? Instead of something that used to take people literally weeks, now you get it in 30 seconds. And it's very extensible too. One of my favorite talks at EmberConf was by a woman named Brittany Storos. She works at Mozilla. And she gave a talk. She works on the Firefox OS team. Firefox OS is the operating mobile operating system that Mozilla is building. She said, we spent all this time building our own custom tools. And it was just so painful. And I kept looking at the Ember CLI source code to see how they were doing it. And I kept looking and she said, at a certain point, if you just keep looking at the source code for another project to see how they're doing it, maybe you should just use it. And her whole presentation was about how they were able to use the flexibility of Ember CLI to build tools for Firefox OS app developers. And to me, that was just the coolest thing because it demonstrated that you can have a very opinionated piece of software that solves a lot of problems, but you can also make it flexible enough that, you know, we, we never anticipated that Ember CLI would be used to author Firefox OS apps. But the plugin architecture is sufficiently extensible, something we learned from Yehuda in his work on Rails 3. Uh, if you build the primitives to be flexible, people can take it and run with it in directions that you never anticipated.